0: I'm Heather Bushman for N Equals One, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego.
1: And I'm Melanie Peters.
0: In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. Today on N Equals One, we're talking about nutrition, science-based nutrition, a topic that we, that's me, Melanie, and two of our co-workers whom you've heard in previous episodes,
1: Michelle Brubaker and
0: Yadira Galindo, started discussing in the office the other day over what else but lunch.
1: All right, I have a question for you ladies. Okay. Yes. Do you think you have a healthy diet?
0: Mm. I think I do. I mean, I eat salads almost every day for lunch and I tend to eat oatmeal or something healthy. Most importantly, I try to stay away from processed foods. What's that you're eating right now? So right now, I am having a um, green salad. It's got like um, uh, chard and spinach and kale. Um, For protein, I have chickpeas.
1: So I consider myself the queen of salad. (laughs) But today, I am eating a spinach, I think mozzarella, calzone has spinach in it.
0: So So that's healthy. So that's healthy right there as a vegetable. Okay. You'll hear more of our lunch discussion throughout this episode. But right off, it seems that eating healthy means something different to everyone. Yadira, for example, thinks of unprocessed foods, which is great. But there also seems to be a lot of pseudoscience around diet, right? I mean, not pseudoscience, I guess, but lack of data and misconceptions. It seems like Every day we hear about a new food-related study that contradicts the one before it. Eggs are bad. Eggs are good. We should all be eating nothing but kale. Red food dye is poison. You know what I mean. Where's the real science, and what's the average person supposed to do?
1: Yeah, it's a lot, right? And don't forget about all the fad diets. Low-fat. Atkins. South Beach. Paleo. Gluten-free. And then trends like juicing and detoxing. I'm just as confused as everyone else. So I found it really interesting when I learned that we have a nutrition scientist here at Moore's Cancer Center at UC San Diego Health who leads nutrition and cooking classes for cancer patients and survivors in which she provides advice that's backed by actual science. I wondered what she tells her students. So I caught up with her as everyone was arriving for a class.
2: Hi, my name is Christine Zumas. I'm a registered dietitian, and also have a background in nutritional sciences. I started as a researcher here about 19 years ago, and we did a lot of nutrition and cancer prevention research studies. And currently, I'm trying to put a program into the cancer center to reach patients. So now I'm doing a lot of patient education and program development.
1: That sounds like an interesting job. What's the first thing people usually ask her? So people always worry that they're not doing the right thing. And here's what Christine says about that.
2: Well, a lot of it's just, what can I eat? (laughs) And the second one is what should I not eat? And I think that's what we're focused where we just, they just want to know what to do right Mm -hmm. and what they're doing wrong. Right. It's the biggest thing. In fact, even I work with, well, I work with cancer patients right now and cancer survivors. And the number one thing is what do I eat? What can I eat? Christine
1: says people often ask if organic food is healthier, but that's when she, as she puts it, pulls out the evidence, which is no, there is no difference in nutrition from organic versus non-organic produce. People get upset, though, because, you know, they want to hear that they're doing everything perfectly. So what does good nutrition look like?
2: It's not that complicated, and I think we make it very complicated, but if you really get to the basics, Good nutrition has some key components. Um, I think one of the most important components is calorie control. Mm -hmm. You wanna get enough calories, um, Mm -hmm. but you don't wanna gain weight and get too many calories. I think it's one of the biggest problems. So a lot of times, the first part of the conversation would be, are you at a healthy weight and calorie control? So it's really kind of portion size calorie control. The other thing is looking at the composition of your diet, mm-hmm. and a healthy diet really is plant-based. Mm-hmm. And this does not mean that it doesn't contain any animal products, right? But that you're getting a lot of fruits and vegetables and legumes, whole grains. Um, that it has a lot of pr- plant-based substances. The other thing is the proteins. You want to get lean proteins. You want to get some dairy, and then you want to look at your added sugars and added fats, and then also so alcohol. So I would say the best thing to focus on is calorie control and really getting those healthy foods in. Fruits, vegetables, legumes, whole grains.
0: Um, Yeah, I'm eating a salad. I'm actually really spoiled because every Sunday my husband sets up an assembly line of salads and makes up our lunch salads for the entire week. Mm -hmm. So every morning, you know, no matter how crazy the morning is, um, it's already ready for me and I can just grab it out of the fridge. I was vegan in college, so for four years in college, I didn't eat any meat or dairy, which is kind of extreme, <laughs> and so of course I thought I was healthy, but looking back, I was vegan in college, right, so I'm just eating kind of like a vegan college student would, <laughs> which is a lot of bagels and hummus,
1: <laughs> uh, uh, not, a lot of not exactly a well-rounded yeah. diet.
0: So Christine says our diets should be more plant-based, but she's not saying we should all be vegetarian or vegan, right?
1: Oh no, not at all, and that's the point she likes to emphasize. We don't need to be extreme, and balance, variety, and moderation really are key.
2: This is a question I get a lot. You know, People ask me or tell me, I'm on a vegetarian diet, Mm -hmm. aren't I the healthiest I could be? Mm -hmm. And the answer is no. <laughs> um, no, because okay. I've known a lot of people who are vegetarian and vegan, uh, a vegetarian could have fries all day, right. or they could have fried falafel, and they could have a lot of calories and they could miss some of the essential nutrients. Right. Protein from animal products, it's complete, right. and they do have a lot of nutrients. right. So you can be a vegan and still have some nutrition deficiencies. Okay. You can actually have a healthy diet having a plant-based diet, but then incorporating healthy animal products. So there's definitely healthy animal products. Veganism is a lot of a philosophy, a belief system. Some people following a vegan diet are actually healthier Mm -hmm. because those guidelines are allowing them to choose the healthy foods.
1: Right. Okay.
2: A lot of healthy eating is looking at yourself and knowing yourself and being able to, when you incorporate new changes into the diet, make sure they're sitting well with yourself. Nobody's gonna have a good diet if they're miserable having it and eating it.
1: Right, because they won't stick to it.
2: They won't stick to it, and they're constantly trying to find the next thing. I mean, I've been trying to eat salads for lunch, but
0: today I'm eating leftover Italian food, and I've added roasted chicken to it. And right before we started recording this, I literally had to soak up some of the grease Mm
2: -hmm. from my pasta. Mm -hmm.
0: I think overall for me, I have a well-balanced diet, but I am not extreme in either way. Mm -hmm. I'm realistic, then maybe I'll have some fast food, but I will add fruit Mm -hmm. to my meal and my kids' meals. So I think just right now, especially where I am in my life, that I try to eat everything in moderation. Why do people say that eating healthy is
1: good medicine? Is there data on that? Christine says yes, but again, it's not just one thing you should eat to get healthy and stay healthy. There's
2: tons of data. We have been looking at it from an epidemiological stance, looking at populations, animal studies. We've been looking at clinical trials and people. There's so much evidence that your eating habits are affecting your health. What we try, well actually what the media and what people try to do is they try to, you know, take one thing out and make it the thing. Right. But when you really look at the body of evidence, what the body of evidence says is when you take a healthy diet and you make it into a healthy dietary pattern, there's tons of evidence to say that this is going to help you have better health, reduce the risk of disease. So the importance is on the pattern, that you want to establish a
1: healthy eating pattern.
2: In fact, you're gonna see, well, there are more and more studies coming out because Mm -hmm. everybody's looking at the patterns now. Right. In cancer, you're gonna see that people are at a higher risk of getting a recurrence of cancer when they eat less fruits and vegetables, more red, processed meat, potatoes like french fries they drink a lot of alcohol they eat high sugar substances Mm -hmm. this is a whole pattern Mm -hmm. it has a lot of calories it doesn't have a lot of plant-based products in it Mm -hmm. and they're gonna have a higher risk of cancer and then the studies also show that those who have a high intake of fruits and vegetables whole grains Mm -hmm. they do lean proteins they're not drinking as much alcohol they Mm -hmm. actually decrease the risk of death and increase the risk of survival from cancer so over and over we've seen a lot of it is a pattern not just if you eat broccoli or if you eat kale. Right. Superfoods. If I just eat kale all
1: day long I'm gonna be the healthiest I've ever been.
2: I would love to have that true (laughs) but (laughs) unfortunately it doesn't work that way. I like that whatever works
0: for you in the long term kind of philosophy.
1: The first thing I noticed when I arrived at the class was there was no kale to be found. In fact, they had popcorn with herbed olive oil and Parmesan cheese as a snack.
0: I'm also recently started using a calorie counting app. And it's something I never used to, I never used to pay attention to calories before, right? I'm always just, "Mm -hmm, oh, I'm a vegetarian, healthy. But it's been really eye-opening. I know Michelle's doing it Mm -hmm. as well. Um, It really shows you how much little, Differences, little choices can make a difference. Studies and the news reports on them are confusing. One day eggs and fats are bad, the next day they're good. How should people critically evaluate nutrition research and news?
1: Christine says you have to look beyond one new study that gets a lot of media coverage.
2: A lot of times what is attractive is something that's new and easy and quick. And when you're into nutrition research and when you're really trying to evaluate it, you constantly have to look at the body of evidence, mm-hmm. meaning you can't just take one study and look at it and say, oh my gosh, this is what I should do. Right. That's a lot of what makes it so confusing because the general public kind of hears these little tidbits like kale is a superfood or you should eat this or you shouldn't eat that. But the true science is looking at something and looking at all different kinds of studies, being able to evaluate the research, evaluate the strength, strength of the study and then make the conclusion. So when you look at the body of evidence, not a lot has changed. Mm-hmm. It really hasn't changed. Um, now the changes that are happening is we're discovering things like trans fatty acids. Right. But this has started in the 90s and we're still trying to figure it out. But it's a progression. Mm-hmm. Also eggs and cholesterol. Eggs are an excellent source of protein. So we're understanding fats a lot more than we used to. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there hasn't been a lot of, of huge changes in what we should eat. You asked, where can the common person get the information? I think one of the best sources to date is the U.S. Dietary Guidelines for Americans. In the past 10 years, they've become very, very evidence-based. These are a group of experts, um, which scientists that get together and they look at the body of evidence for all of the recommendations. And all of the studies that are done are measured on the strength. Do they have a good strength? Or are they moderate or not so much? And they really make their recommendations on the body of evidence. It's available to anybody. They just go U.S. Dietary Guidelines for Americans. They have 2015. And you can look through it and you can find a lot of information. The problem is it's not very attractive. Right. And the problem <laughs> is it doesn't sell well, <laughs> you know? Um, because it's a big book and there's nothing new about it. Mm. Can you eat too much of a good thing? So
1: I've always wondered that too. and. So does Yadira.
0: For me, snacking um, is what worries me, not because um, I snack too much, because I actually always, like you guys, bring my lunch and bring my snacks, and it's usually
1: fruit. Ah. And so my biggest thing is, am I having too much natural sugar? Once, my mom was on a diet that allowed her to have a cup of broccoli with dinner, but she was weighing eight ounces of broccoli, which is way more than a one cup serving. So I asked Christine, can you have too much of a good thing?
2: I don't think I've known anybody who had too much salad. (laughs) Um, I think they might have too much salad if they put a lot of dressing on it, or it depends what they have on it. You know, a lot of vegetables, uh, a lot of times it's very, very hard to eat a lot of vegetables uh, without extra fat or other nutrients um, or other foods on it. And I would almost say no. The problem is, is when you eat a lot of one vegetable, because and you rely on that one vegetable to give you all of your nutrients. Back to so, the kale, it's yes, a superfood. and, and, and it your, all your mother and the broccoli. Right. <laughs> so broccoli is excellent, but it's there's other nutrients and other foods that you need um, to provide the essential nutrients in the diet. Now, when you talk about fruit, I do yes, you can overdo fruit. Okay. Vegetables are in a different category because mm-hmm. they a lot of them don't c- contain a lot of calories. Remember, the base is calorie control. Right. Fruits, I see a lot of people going wrong with fruits because they're calorie dense. Now they are very good um, sources of so many nutrients and phytochemicals and antioxidants, but one of the things I see people doing is they're gonna start juicing. I think juicing is one of the biggest things. Yes. People don't wanna eat the fruit, they, they wanna, wanna drink, drink it. it. So what happens is they'll do a juice and then they'll put all of these fruits in and they're drinking sometimes 400 calories. Or more. Or
1: more. If they've added sherbet.
2: Yes. (laughs) Now that's okay for a meal maybe, but these are snacks. Um, Especially with cancer survivors. I see a lot of cancer survivors feeling very guilty about getting cancer and kind of tying it to what maybe they've eaten in the past. And it's a really good motivation to start eating healthy. Mm -hmm. So one of the things they'll do is start juicing, green juicing and and, and just greens and everything. But the base is usually an apple juice or an orange juice. And you will see them gaining weight because it's an easy way to do it. And as they gain weight, if it goes beyond their needs, sometimes if you go overweight, you can be at risk for many cancers. So it can backfire. Uh, This will go back to the one thing I'll tell you moderation <laughs> right, right? and as long as you follow that you should be okay
0: I read recently that one-third of the most common cancers in the US could be prevented by maintaining a healthy weight diet and physical activity yikes
1: yeah and I asked Christine if to fight their disease and prevent recurrence if cancer patients and survivors really do need to adopt a radical diet here's what she has to say about that
2: Yes, but they have to adapt it more to the treatment mm-hmm. than they do um, for the cancer. Okay. The, A diet for cancer, first of all, I'll just talk specifically about cancer. However, I'm really talking about almost every single disease. Right, right. Um, Most of the major diseases, it's weight. Yes. So you want to make sure that your weight is as healthy as it possibly can be. Mm -hmm. So even when you're going through cancer treatment, you want to make sure that it doesn't go too low or too high. Right. Um, The other thing in, in cancer is that you want to make sure you're getting the healthy diet, which is exactly what the UCS dietary guidelines are. It's exactly fruits and vegetables, whole grains, and dairy and you know reducing added sugars and added fats the problem when you're going to cancer and and I would say any kind of surgery or anything is that you might have some side effects like nausea you might not be able to taste so the adaptations when you go through cancer is more trying to learn how to get healthy foods that you'll be able to tolerate now in cancer a lot of times it's very hard especially with caregivers um, the caregivers want to give the most nutritious food, but the cancer survivor or the ca- person in cancer is just like, I can't eat it. Right. Um, you go back to the basics. When you're going through cancer and you're having a hard time, sometimes you have to let go of everything healthy and, and really grasp on to, I need to get something in my mouth. Right. It has to have calories. Right. My, my body needs to heal. It needs protein. Right. So those are the biggest things. So One of the hardest things as a cancer patient who can't eat, doesn't like to taste, is throwing everything up. And their main focus is to get fruits and vegetables and legumes right. and whole grains. Right. And everybody's you know yelling at them or right. you know trying to do this. Right. And what we try to do is alleviate that and say this is a different way you're going to eat through this treatment. The other thing about cancer treatment is sometimes it affects your immune system. Mm-hmm. And so we could have we could have lettuce and maybe it has a little E. coli on it. Not a problem because we have a very healthy immune system. Right. But the cancer patient might not. And they would actually get uh, an infection from the E. coli. Right. So there's little tiny differences, but it doesn't mean that all of a sudden they have to feel all this pressure to just eat all of these superfoods. you just really again want to go back to the basics try and try and try to really match your food with yourself
1: and when you are someone who is a survivor and you are you know you've learned healthy ways to eat you're doing everything you can what do you say to somebody who says oh you just need to sprinkle bee pollen on your yogurt
2: Well, that's what I love about my scientific background. (laughs) Because, and I had a wonderful, I had two wonderful mentors who were both nutritional scientists. And they said, you know, it's really pretty easy when you present yourself as evidence based. And that's what we are here. And I've always been evidence based. So if somebody would bring up something like that, I do two things. First of all, I talk about the evidence of bee pollen. And there isn't evidence of bee pollen. But then, I'll also think in the back of my mind, if I'm working with a patient, um, what what do they get out of bee pollen? And if it's feeling good, and if the bee pollen is sprinkled on very healthy foods, and it's not gonna harm them, sometimes I find, I present the evidence But then realize that this is not about nutrition science anymore. Food is also about comfort. Mm -hmm. And just going back to the vegetarianism, Mm -hmm. this is driving a good habit and making them feel good about their food. That also helps with stress and just, and you want to have a nice connection with food.
1: Visit health.ucsd.edu forward slash healthy eating to learn about christine's free classes at moore's cancer center at uc san diego health she runs both nutrition seminars and food demonstration classes
0: thanks melanie and that's it for this episode for n equals one i'm heather
1: and i'm melanie thanks for joining us